Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now... With over 200 episodes made, originally airing on NBC Radio Network from 1944 to 1950, we bring to you Boston Blackie. for a little while. At this time of night, Marjorie, I, I don't think you should. <laughs> I'm a big girl now, Father. I won't be long. All right. <laughs> but you go to bed. You're not as young as you used to be. No, I'll wait up for you. All right, if it'll make you any happier. And don't be too late, dear, please. No, no, I'm just going down to the village center. Well, don't have too many ice cream sodas. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> okay, lady, just stand still. Keep your yap shut, lady. This gun of my hand will go off. <laughs> What, what do you want? You, lady, to take a little trip with us. A nice short trip, or maybe a nice long stay. I'll handle this, Jack. <laughs> I'll handle it fast. The lady looks nervous. Look, look if, if it's my money or jewelry you want, you can have them. We don't want jewels, lady. We want $50,000 in exchange for you. And now, meet Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friends. Oh, Blackie, hurry up or we'll be late for the party. You know, you were supposed to be all ready when I came to pick you up. Well, it's a late party, isn't it, Mary? So doesn't that mean everybody should be late? Now, darling, if you're going to make jokes like that, maybe we'd better not go. <laughs> I'll behave. How do I look? Beautiful. I'll settle for handsome. All right, handsome, you're beautiful. Let's go. Uh-oh. The doorbell. I might have known. Don't worry, Mary. This can't be trouble. Come in. You shouldn't have said that. This Boston Blackie's apartment. Yes, and he's just leaving. With me. I'd like to speak to you for just a minute. Well, that's about all the time I have right now. You see, this we were just... This is very serious, Blackie. I'm Harry Condon, John White's son-in-law. Is that very serious? It's not serious enough to make us late for that party, darling. Well, can't this wait till morning, Condon, whatever it is? No, it can't. My father-in-law found a note about an hour ago. My wife has been kidnapped. I need your help, and quick. Oh. Sit down, Condon. Oh, that's awful. Mary, you'd better call your friends and tell them their party will have to do without us tonight. Yes, it certainly will. I'll, I'll call them right away. All right, Condon. Let's have the facts. Well, I certainly didn't expect to get your help this quickly. I don't usually offer to help this quickly. But to me, there's no crime in the world worse than kidnapping. When did you first discover your wife was missing? About an hour ago. I'd just come back from Philadelphia, and her dad met me at the door with a ransom note. When did your father-in-law last see his daughter? He said Marjorie went out of the house at about 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. That's the last he saw of her. Well, how did he happen to find the ransom note? Well, he thought he heard a noise outside the front door a few minutes after she left. Yeah. 
He went out to investigate, and the note was hanging from the doorknob. I suppose the note said, don't call the police. Yes, and a whole lot more. But we did call the police just the same. It wasn't until we calmed down a little that we thought of contacting you. Well, maybe if we work fast, we can get your wife back. How much ransom did the kidnappers ask? Uh, 50000 Do you have it? Well, I don't, but Marjorie's dad has it. And a lot more besides, as you probably know. To whom was the ransom note addressed? You or your wife's father? Well, to Marjorie's father. Hmm. Yeah, that's proof the kidnappers knew which of you two had money. And that may help in tracing them. Dad wants you to come to the house right away, if you will. You know I will. It's all set, Blackie. I got us out of going to that party and no damage done. Well, I'm going to another kind of party with the express purpose of doing as much damage as I can. I can't let you go through with your plans, Inspector Faraday. This ransom note says specifically not to notify the police. Well, you did the right thing in calling us in, Mr. White. We know how to work in cases like this. Do you, Faraday? I doubt it. Blackie, what are you doing here? Annoying you usual. He's here on my invitation, Inspector Faraday. Dad, this is Boston Blackie. How do you do? How do you do, sir? Blackie, this is a serious thing. A girl's life is in danger, and I don't want you or any of your ideas around me. Mr. White, I can't do a good job of finding your daughter if I have to keep one eye on half the police force on Blackie. But you can work together on this, I'm sure. I, I told my son-in-law to ask for Blackie's help because I know how successfully he's aided your police before. <clears throat> hear that, Faraday? I heard that, but I don't want to hear anything from you. All right, Mr. White. We'll work this thing any way you like. Thank you, Inspector. Now, first, I think we'd better familiarize Blackie with the conditions of the kidnapping and the contents of the ransom note. I know under what conditions she was kidnapped, Mr. White. Now, look, uh, where was your son-in-law during this kidnapping? You've been gone all day, haven't you, Harry? Yes, I was in Philadelphia on business. I didn't get home until about two hours after Dad discovered Marjorie was gone. You went to Philadelphia again today? Yes. I sent you down there yesterday. I went yesterday and today. When I got to the office this morning, there was a letter from a firm down there saying they wanted to see me right away. Well, let's skip that for now. May I see the ransom note, Mr. White? Of course, Blackie. Here, it's rather long. Yes, long and clever, too. The words were cut out of Good News magazine and pasted down to make sentences. Took a long time, too. This thing was well planned. How do you know those words were cut out of the Good News magazine? I recognize the type and the quality of the paper, Faraday. Say, I'm opening a detective school next week. Why don't you enroll? Now, let me have that note. I'll read it. Never mind showing off, Faraday. I'd better read it. There'll be less stumbling over the big words. Uh, Mr. White, do you see now why I don't want this guy around? Really, Inspector? It's all not... right, Mr. White. We'll get down to business right now. Yeah, let's see what's in this ransom note. Hmm... The instructions for delivering the ransom money are certainly given in great detail. I'm, I'm glad they are. I, I want to give them the money in exactly the way they ask for it. How soon can you have it? Tomorrow morning. That's when they want it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. It says here, put $50,000 in denominations of 5 and $10 bills in a tin box. Get an airplane and fly due north from this city Wednesday morning until you are over the Waseca Mountains. Well, the Waseca Mountains cover an area of hundreds of miles. How are we going to know where to drop the money? Here's where they answer that question, Faraday. You will fly over the designated area with your radio set at 1780 kilocycles. We will contact you by walkie-talkie and give you instructions as to the exact spot the money is to be dropped. I can charter a plane first thing in the morning. Do that. These kidnappers are clever. The Waseca Mountains cover a large territory. There are plenty of roads through them. 
but no towns. Look, the nearest town of any size at all is a good 50 miles from the edge of the mountains. The kidnappers will never come near a town or a village after they've received the money. I'll say they won't. We can usually catch kidnappers when we deliver the ransom money, but this time we can't. Yeah, they're plenty clever. I, I understand that, Inspector, but I want that money delivered. All right. I'll deliver it. No, no, no. I, I won't let you. You're a policeman, and I promise not to call the police. Blackie, would you deliver the ransom money? Would I? Why, yes, I would and I will, but under one condition. You can have any condition you like. Well, what I'd like is to be allowed to handle this all by myself. Now, wait a minute, Blackie. I, sorry, I... Faraday, sorry, but if I do this, I do it my way without any interference from the police. I'm quite agreed. How about you, son? I think Blackie should be the one to do it. And so do I. You have to see it our way, Inspector. Well, I guess I do with that. All right, Blackie, it's all yours. But I'm going to put you under a time limit. That's all right with me, Faraday. You're under one yourself. If you don't have the girl back in two days, or rather two weeks, the FBI takes over from you. I suppose you'll find a girl in two days. Two days, Faraday? I don't know. This is something I've always wanted to do, work on a case without having you to worry about. There's no telling how fast I'll work. We have to work fast. What time do you want the money? Get the money, charter a plane for me, and I'll leave the airport at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Blackie? Yes, Mary? I don't like the sound of that plane warming up. Be careful, will you, darling? Worried? You know I am. Please be careful. Better tell that to the pilot over there. He's in charge of the plane. I'm only his passenger. Now, that's what worries me. Have you got a parachute? A parachute? What for? In case something happens over the mountains and you have to come down. I think I'd rather come down in a plane than in a parachute, Mary. Hey, here comes Mr. White and his son-in-law with the money. Oh, darling, the thought of you flying over those mountains in that plane scares me to death. What do you want me to do, Mary? Fly over those mountains without it? Oh, Hello, Blackie. Darling. I'm sorry we're a little late, but there was a little difficulty getting the money. And then we were caught in the downtown traffic. Gentlemen, this is Mary Wesley. How do you, How do, you, do? How do, you do, Miss Wesley? Well, I don't think the kidnappers will mind waiting a few minutes for their money. You have it? Yes, here it is. It's a heavy steel box, just as they instructed. Only I marked each bill as Inspector Faraday requested. A, a tiny X in the corner. Here, you take the box. Okay, Mr. White. I'm back here. Blackie, bring my wife back, please. I'll do what I can, Condon. Blackie, I'm still worried. Won't you please change your mind? Sorry, Mary, too late. The only thing I want to change now is the steel box for Marjorie Condon. Say, pilot, how far from the city are we now? About 100 miles, Blackie. Those are the Waseca Mountains down below us now, aren't they? Mostly the foothills. Foothills, huh? Oh, yeah, I see the higher mountains up ahead. Sure a slick place to wait for ransom money. Why, it'd take an army of police to block off all the ways out. I think the kidnappers had that in mind. Your radio tuned to the frequency they wanted? Yep, 1780 kilocycles. Good. How soon do you think we'll hear from them? few miles, maybe. A walkie-talkie doesn't have a terrific range. Have that box of money ready? All set. I saw you looking in it. Does $50,000 look like a lot of money? In fives and tens, it sure does. Hello, airplane. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Over. There's our contact, Blackie. Good. I'll take the talk back now. Sure. Here. Hello, airplane. Hello. Can you hear me? 
Can you hear me? Over. Yes, we can hear you. Over. We can see you. Head due north one mile. Due north one mile. Over. How are we heading, Johnny? North, northeast at the moment. I'll head due north right away. Hello. We'll head due north. Then what? Over. Straight ahead of you, there's a high peak. A high peak. Fly directly over it. In the valley, on the other side, you'll see a large white square on the ground. Fly at 500 feet. Drop the money near the square, then scram. Over. All right, I'll do it. But when do you return the girl? Over. After we get the money. You're crossing over the mountain now. Do you see the white square? The white square. Over. I see it, Blackie. We see it. Here comes your money. Just open the window on the side of the cowling and drop it. You don't have to be too accurate. I know. But I'd like to drop it on their heads. There it goes. Nice going, buddy. The box is wounded pretty close to the square. Thanks for the package. You're welcome, pal. Just let's call it a present for the present. Box ought to be right over there, Bob. Right over there. Nothing, Jack. Here it is, right here. Swell. Come on, let's open it. Okay, okay. Ah, I want to feel some of that money. You feel it, I'm going to spend it. Hey, Jack! There's no door in this box. It's empty. Yeah, look. There's nothing in it but this note. Wait, I'll open it. That guy in a plane double crossed. Well, double cross is no wood fight, Jack. Listen to what it says in this note. Can't pay you, because you have nothing to deliver. We've already found the girl. And it's signed by Boston Blackie. And now back to Boston Blackie. Called in to deliver the ransom money in the kidnapping of the wealthy Marjorie Condon, Blackie exacts a promise from Faraday that there will be no interference from the police. Working alone... Blackie follows the kidnapper's instructions, but instead of delivering the money to the designated mountain country, Blackie delivers only a note, saying he has already found the girl. As we return to our story, the two kidnappers wait in a phone booth in a small country village for a report on a phone call they've made to the city. How did Blackie find out where we were hiding the girl? I don't think he did find it, Jack. I think he was just bluffing to keep us from getting the dough. Well, what should he care? It isn't his dough. Only old man White's. Look, we'll know in a... Maybe this is our call getting to, huh? I hope so. Hello? Is this the party calling City 77610? Yeah? Is your party, sir. Go ahead. Hello. Well, Jim? Yeah, this is Jim. Who's this? Bob. Jim, is everything okay? Sure, everything's okay. What about you? You get the dough? You still have the condom, Dame? So Blackie's note was a gag, huh? Jim, lock up the joint good and tight. And don't let anybody in except us. We're coming back. Hey, what is this all about? We'll tell you when we get in. See you in a couple of hours. We've been crossed up. And I'm going to cross out a couple of people just to get even. Is that you, Bob? What do you think it is, Jim? Open up. Okay. Boy, you sure got here quick, Bob. You must have flew. 
I did fly, and I'm not Bob. Hey, you, you're not getting in here. Oh, yes, I am. No, I, you're not. I'm in like a flash, and you're going out like a light. Well, that takes care of you for a few minutes. You look like a light sleeper. Who's out there? Who's in there? Marjorie Condon? Yes, who's there? Don't be afraid to come out, Mrs. Condon. I'm on your team. I can't come out. I'm locked in. Well, I can take care of that without any trouble. Are you from the police? Far from them, Mrs. Condon. I'm Boston Blackie. How in the world did you find me? How? Well, I get this door open. I'd rather give you the details of that brilliant piece of masterminding face to face. There, the lock turned. And the door is open. Or am I seeing things? Hello. I'm seeing things, all right. You... No. Never mind what I look like, Blackie. Let's get out of here. Oh, no. No, we're staying here till I call Faraday and have him send some men to take you home and the Sleeping Beauty to headquarters. Then I'm going to wait here and welcome home the other two kidnappers. Who is it? It's us, Jim. Jack and Bob. Open up. Good thing, Bob. Look, you don't have to hide behind the door when you open it for us. We ain't cops. What's the matter with you, Jim? You got nerves? All right. Stand where you are, both of you. What? Hey, Bob. You ain't Jim. I got a hunch. It's Boston Blackie. You should play your hunches on the nose, Bob. You're right. Where's the girl? At home. Where's Jim? In jail. And in a few minutes, you're going to be keeping him company. <laughs> This is one time you can't throw me out of your office. Marjorie Condon is home again, and you have your three kidnappers in jail. Well, I guess this case is over. Guess again, pal. Those three kidnappers had a lead at, and he's still at large. What makes you think that? A few facts. Yeah? What? Well, I have a little surprise for you, Inspector. First guess who hired those three men to kidnap Marjorie Condon. How can I guess? Tell me. All right, I will tell you. Harry Condon. Harry Condon, the husband? Uh, Blackie, maybe that airplane you took over the mountains went too high. No, Faraday, but the business trip Harry Condon took to Philadelphia went the way of all phony alibis. Huh? You saw the letter he claims to have gotten from Philadelphia, didn't you? Sure, I saw it. Do you remember what company it was from? Yeah, I think it was the, uh, the Realty Tool Company or something like that. That's right. And Condon said he was away from home the evening his wife was kidnapped because he was on a train coming back from paying a call on the Realty Tool Company. Well, sure. What's wrong with that? I found something wrong with it, Faraday. Before I left for the airport this morning, I called Philadelphia and was told that the Realty Tool Company has been out of business for 15 years. What? Faraday, Condon faked that letter and mailed it to himself from Philadelphia the day before the kidnapping. An alibi for not being around when he planned to have his wife picked up. It sure sounds like it, Blanky. But why would he do a crazy thing like that? Money, Faraday. But he got money from his father-in-law. He got money from his father-in-law, all right. But not in the one lump sum he needed, and quick. He needed 50000 fast, huh? What for? For something else I checked on while you were just sitting around waiting for me to do things for you. He owes over 40000 in gambling debts. How do you know? Mary found out for me. I put her to work on the hunch I had. She got to me with the information about an hour ago. 
So Condon had his wife kidnapped, huh? That makes him as guilty as the guys I have in jail. Just as guilty, yes. But not just as much in jail. Well, come on up to his father-in-law's house. We'll fix that right now. Thanks for getting my daughter back. It was a pleasure, Mr. White. And I want to thank you for your part, too, Inspector Faraday. My part isn't over yet, Condon. And this is going to be a pleasure for me. Condon, you're under arrest. What? What do you mean? My son-in-law is under arrest, Inspector. For what? For complicity in the kidnapping of his wife. Well, I hope you're trying to be funny, Inspector. Why, this is ridiculous. More than that, it's a lie. A lie, Condon? That business trip you said you took to Philadelphia. That's the lie around here. What do you mean, Inspector? I mean, that letter he got from from the realty tool company was a phony. There's no such firm. Ah, now, don't play innocent with me, Condon. I know you faked that letter. And I know a whole lot more about you, too. You asked for $50,000 ransom money because you owed that much in gambling debts. Well, that's true. I owe that much money, And because I I wouldn't give it to you, you thought you could extort it from me. I might have expected this from you, Harry. Mr. White, did Condon here try to get the money for his debts from you? He certainly did, Inspector. But I wouldn't give it to him. Yeah, but he got it, didn't he? By making you pay ransom for your daughter. Condon, you're fool enough to try to get away with a stunt like this. Maybe you're fool enough to have some of the ransom money on you. I don't have a dime of it. Then I'll make you a bet that he doesn't, Faraday. Say, whose side are you on, Blackie? Yours, Faraday, when you don't go too far. I think Condon's guilty on the evidence you already have. But I know he doesn't have the ransom money on it. Uh, You want to bet? On a sure thing? Why not? Pretty sure of yourself, aren't you, Blackie? Well, I'll show you how smart I am this time. Let me have your wallet, Condon. Sure. Here. Faraday, you're going to be awfully disappointed. Quiet, Blackie. Mm-hmm. Pretty thick stack of bills in here, Condon. Hey, Mr. White, how is that money marked? A small X in the right-hand corner, Inspector. Yeah. A lot of money in here. Here's a ten right here, two fives. Marked with a small X in the right-hand corner. No, no, this is a frame. Well, I'll do so it. So this guy didn't have the ransom money on him, huh? Faraday, this is impossible. Impossible nothing. Here's some of the marked money right here. So you were so smart, huh? Come on, Condon. You're going to jail. Just a minute, Faraday. What for? Don't take Condon to jail. He can't possibly have any of the ransom money. Because I never delivered it. You never delivered it? No. It's all in my apartment right now. Every last dollar of it. But if you have the 50000 in your apartment, where'd this money come from? It's marked like the ransom money. I think it came from Mr. White here. What? Who marked a few extra bills in addition to the 50000 and planted them in Condon's wallet. That's a lie. Why would I do such a thing? You didn't like your son-in-law. That's one why. Didn't like me. He hated me. He tried a dozen times to get his daughter to divorce me. Well, yes, she wouldn't. He tried a dozen times to involve me in shady business deals. Now, he even offered me money to leave his daughter. Now, look here, Harry. And when I asked for money to pay my debts, he refused me. Hoping the men he's... I owed money to would get rid of me in their own way. He's telling nothing but lies. It's you're, true. You're telling the lies, Mr. White. Just as the letter you sent your son-in-law from Philadelphia was a lie. Just as the ransom note you prepared for the kidnappers was a lie. And just as the ransom money you planted in Harry's wallet is a lie, too. Blanky, you have that ransom money in your apartment? Yes. All of it? Every cent. All right, Mr. White. You're under arrest. No. No. Yes, yes, Mr. White. And too bad, too. Your trick was to convict your son with marked money, but my trick made you a marked man.
Well, Blackie, I just read Mr. White's confession. But the newspaper story doesn't say how you found Marjorie Condon. <laughs> oh, I like to keep those little tricks to myself, Mary. Oh, uh, can't we keep them just to ourselves? <laughs> promise you won't tell? Cross my heart and promise. Well, when I dropped the note to the kidnapper saying I already had the kidnapped girl, I knew just what they'd do. Sure. Find out if it was true, of course. Of course. And I knew where they'd go to find out, to the nearest town. Small towns have manual phones. And I was at the telephone exchange listening to every call made to the city. Oh, I see. When Bob and Jack phoned the city, you got the name of their accomplice and also their telephone number. And, of course, the telephone number was all I needed to get the address. And then you flew back while Bob and Jack drove back, and you got to Marjorie Condon before they did. Simple, isn't it? Well, I don't know that it's so simple. Matter of fact, I'd say it was kind of unusual. Whoever heard of using a little old telephone number to solve a crime? The number of that phone call, well, it uh, gave me a lot of pleasure, but not half as much pleasure as the number this state of ours just handed to Mr. White. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.